Hello, this is Magenta Giraffes with me, Simona Roy. I'm recording this on October 24th, 2021. Hi, everyone. Uh, What to start with this week? You know, I don't feel like I have much to say this week. I'm trying to, I don't know, just feel inward and maybe I'm supposed to express more outward, but you know, I, I feel very uh, f- flailing with the wind a little bit. I, I believe last week I was pretty angry and pretty upset about the circumstances that I found myself in, you know, of my everyday life and feeling powerless, unheard, unseen, and also feeling like the death of my mom should be, you know, for lack of a better word, my trump card, you know, saying, like showing that, hey, I I am important. And I should, this is my get out of jail free card. Like I shouldn't have the same consequences as everybody else, like be a little bit more sensitive to, you know, my emotional load. And the truth is, is the real world, or the world is not like that. You know, at the end of the day, most people really don't care about what's going on in your life. And that's that's a cynical way of looking at things, but that is definitely what I felt like last week. And it is a little bit about a little bit how I feel this week. And, you know, it was really odd. You know, so much happened last week, so much. And I totally forgot to go to my therapy in, you know, go to my therapy meeting signing on to Zoom on mo- last Monday. I just, it was gone from my mind. Like I plum forgot. And it was so upsetting to me. You know, I, I obviously I'm not the first person in history to miss their therapy appointment. I absolutely know that logically. But I really felt like it really affected how I saw myself and who I see myself as. And you know, there are a lot of things that I'm working on. There are a lot of things, obviously, that I do not like about myself. But for what I do deem myself is, oh my God, I can't speak today. I'm I'm tired. And, you know, I'm trying to be a little bit more inward. And so I can't speak, obviously. But I, what I'm saying is that I, I view myself as a very responsible person. And I take pride in being a responsible person. I, you know, it's frustrating at times for me to think of myself as a responsible person, because then I'm going to just do what I deem to be the right thing, no matter what, even if like, I really don't want to do the right thing. And I know that sounds like ridiculous and like, you know, self aggrandizing a little bit too. I don't know. But the truth is, is that I am a very responsible person. So when I missed my therapy, it really hit me and hit my self esteem. And I just felt like, oh, I'm a bad person because I missed my therapy. And what is my therapist going to think of me? Is she going to hate me? And I know, of course, like, I'm talking about all of these feelings that I know that I can easily reframe. But for a couple of hours, man, I felt really shitty. I felt really shitty for missing it and missing it at a time where it was actually pretty needed. So then that begs a question of like, wow, was I that overwhelmed with everything that I just like didn't even want to like take the step towards self-reflection at that time? 
I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to miss it this Monday. So uh, we'll, I'll let you guys know if there's something that comes that's enlightening out of that session. But um, I was really, really surprised that I missed it. I, I, I've been going to therapy, I think, could be longer. Um, because I, you know, it's not like I have an anniversary date on my phone for when I started seeing my therapist, although I should. Um, but I think it's been like over four years that I've been going and I've never, ever, ever missed an appointment. Yes, like I've had to reschedule, but never even at like the last moment, maybe one time at the last moment that I had to reschedule, right? So obviously very responsible and always very interested in trying to be the best version of myself. So I felt like a shit missing it. And I was like really hard on myself for it. And it's like really not that big of a deal, except, you know, let's explore why I missed it in the first place. Like there's something deeper there, right? Which maybe, you know, I'm sure my therapist will have some thoughts on it or she'll, you know, push back to me and be like, well, why do you think that you missed this, uh, missed our last session? So I have to figure it out myself again. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, last week I was really, really angry. This week I was a little bit more accepting. I feel better. I feel a little better with acceptance. Like, you know, there are just a lot of things that are going on. You know, I was upset with some work stuff and I'm always in the back of my head thinking my mom and I'm always worried about my dad and I'm worried about myself and like how I want the rest of my life to go. And I was just very frustrated. And this week I've come to a place of like, I'm not going to make any decisions about anything right now before at least the holidays, you know? And I've, I think that I am good with this advice that I have told myself over the years is just like, when in doubt, don't do anything, you know? And then I've gotten some, I've had some conversations with people this week that kind of, that reaffirmed that uh, concept, you know? And it's it's just interesting. And, and this is where like my newfound spirituality is coming forth. I I've been struggling with these questions, these thoughts, these feelings of like, should I take action? Should I do these things? Should I change my life drastically? Uh, but I don't feel like it's the right time. And I have a lot of question about it. Like, I'm, I'm not 100% sure that's the right choice. And, you know, I was talking to my friend Lauren, and the biggest piece, like lesson or piece of advice that I got from that conversation was like, you will know when it's the right time. You will absolutely know. And you don't have to make a decision before you're absolutely sure. And there are plenty of times in life where you're just, you know, you're going off a leap of faith and you don't actually feel 100% sure. But I think that in this point in my life, there I would just be adding to my own stress level if I tried to make some moves and changes. So I'm going to stay put. And in that staying put, right, like, because, you know, people stay and do don't change their lives for lots of reasons, but they still hold on to all of the resentments and just like, you know, grief is cumulative. It's like every time some new grief comes along, it's not like you forget the old grief. It just brings up the old grief and it's cumulative and you know, compacted and condensed and blah, blah, blah. You know, so the same thing goes for resentment. If you do not push it out 
And another coworker of mine was like, look, you know, you're the only one who's suffering, essentially. If you have all these resentments, nobody knows that you're feeling that way. And it's not anybody else's problem except for yours. And, you know, he was right. And because I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I'm not changing my life drastically. But if I hold on to all of these resentments, it just eats up inside of me and no one else. And letting things go, the hardest thing, I think hardest thing in the world. So but I do feel better this year, this week, because, you know, I've thought about it. And I think it also, I'm so I'm flailing today a little. There's just it's almost like I've I've gotten to the calm place, calm place in my mind. And so I don't want to like go back and dredge up things from the past because I really wanted to push the past out. But I, I do feel like I want to share this with you. So I'm a little, uh, you know, bear with me as I go through this mind journey with you. Uh, but, you know, back to what my coworker was saying is like, yeah, the resentment builds up and only you know about it. And people aren't going to know when you blow up, like all the other things that happened that make you blow up, right? So I have chosen to let go of things. And I've chosen to just find little positive moments that make things easier to deal with, you know? And that is not easy. And it's a true test. And it's like a true practice. It's so easy to get bogged down in the mundane, to get bogged down in the everyday. But I don't know, I, I feel like, and this is sorry, this is sorry, this is a law of attraction, but like if I try to make a choice of looking at something a different way or even putting it aside and saying like, you know, well, like I'm here, at least I get to eat my favorite lunch or something. I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm grasping at straws right now, but I, this is what my peace looks like. Yeah. So I, I'm not as angry this week and frankly, it feels better. And I'm not making any decisions. I'm not making any big moves. And I'm trusting that I will know when I'm supposed to do whatever I'm supposed to do. And it's just really funny. Like there were a couple of moments where, you know, I said to Lauren, I felt a little lonely. You know, last week I was isolating because, you know, I wasn't sure if I was like got COVID or whatever. And um, so when this week when I was like good and I've taken so many negative tests, like I just wanted to, you know, see some friends and it felt like nobody was available. And so I felt lonely. And I said to Lauren, I was like, I don't have any friends, you know, and it's not something that I've ever really said out loud to a friend. Like maybe like I all obviously I felt it internally and I know that I felt it internally. Um, But I was I don't I think I'm vulnerable. Obviously, I'm vulnerable on this stupid podcast. Like I, I say how I feel, I cry, all that stuff. But I'm not actually talking to like an individual. It's almost easier to be vulnerable here because I don't even like I know some people listen to this, but like I don't really know. So it is like talking in the void. So it's much easier to like cry and all that stuff. But, you know, it was it was a vulnerable moment for me to be saying to a friend like I don't. I don't feel like I have any friends. And that's not like I wasn't trying to insult her, but I like I didn't feel like I had any friends to socialize with. And 
And she was like, you know, you have friends. I'm like, yeah, I do. And she's like, but sometimes you just have to say that out loud. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. So because I don't know if it was because I said it out loud or I said it in a moment of vulnerability with another friend. But soon after that, like my friend Eric reached out to me and he said, like, do you want to have dinner? And then I got to see my friend Mel this weekend. And that's like all I really needed, you know? So, I mean, is this an, is an, is this an example of like the universe having your back? I don't know. I mean, it's kind of nice to feel that way. Like we're like, oh, look, I thought this thing, but actually like as soon as I said it out loud, like all of these things happened. I don't know. I mean, it's this is what I'm trying to build on, my my faith, my trust. And I think it's a good segue into the book that I'm reading that I told you guys about by Gabrielle Bernstein, uh, The Universe Has Your Back. Now, this is the first book I'm reading by her, and maybe it was the wrong book to start with, but I have to tell you, it's it's quite overwhelming in that it it feels like I think that I wanted more anecdotal evidence of these um, principles that she's laying out of like what, you know, you should do, how you should practice. Like, I mean, they're all lessons, right? And I think that I learn better in these spiritual books of like uh, examples of stories of like, oh, like this is what happened to this person as we talked about this lesson, you know, and it just it feels very like lesson, 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 like one after the other. Yeah, it's divided in chapters, but every chapter has like 50 lessons. You know, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that's what it feels like. So it it it's a like it's a lot. So if you've read this book, let me know. Um, And I'm still going to read it, but it feels like it's going to take me a while because it's like I'm going to probably read it one time through and then probably have to read it again because it's just it. It's one lesson after the next. And I'm like, well, how am I going to remember all these things and remember to do this prayer and this meditation and this, you know, it's like, Uh, so I can't say that I'm really digging it, uh, but I will continue forward. And if I love it, you'll, you know, I'll recommend it on my website. But I don't know, man, it just felt like a lot. With my learning, I actually did a webinar with Heidi Rose Robbins. Um, She like, you know, did a little webinar about and Heidi Rose Robbins is the lady that I got my astrological snapshot from. And she I don't know, I just love her energy. She's great. She just makes you feel like seen and heard, you know, which all of us really need in this life. And so it's Scorpio season. I mean, when this comes out, it's not going to be Scorpio season, but who knows what season that'll be. I mean, I guess I could look at the charts and figure out what astrological sign that'll be, but I don't really care that much. Anyways, it's Scorpio season and uh, she's doing these three webinars. I don't know. I like, you know, I, (laughs) this is the bad thing about me with the, the, the use of Zoom over the pandemic and all these webinars that come through and stuff. I sign up for it. I'm enthusiastic. And then day of comes and I just don't go. And I spend all this money and I'm like, yeah, I don't really want to do that. You know, or like, oh, listen to the recording later. I never, ever listen to the recording. So that's really bad. And I have to really evaluate now going forward, whether I really want to sign up for this webinar or not. But with Heidi, I did it and on a whim. I wasn't sure if I was going to follow through or not. So yeah, that 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 I will say. But I think that after doing the first one, I will follow through because it was very therapeutic. 
And I felt like I learned a lot, you know. So basically what we did was we looked at our birth charts and saw where Scorpio ruled it. Some people don't have Scorpio in their chart, so, but I do. It rules my second house and it also is partially in my first. I don't know. I don't know really what any of that means. But what, you know, what's interesting is this whole idea of Scorpio season. And we're meeting three times and the three times are like different uh, ideas or concepts that we would be focusing on. So the first one is like the idea of Scorpio season being like a test. So it's div- the season is divided in three. So first part is test. Second part is trial. Third part is triumph. And, you know, it was complicated and really interesting. And but basically, in a nutshell, the webinar really made you ask yourself some questions about you know, patterns in your life and, you know, what is the test right now? You know, what do you feel like is a pattern that you need to get get rid of in your life? You know, what needs to die? What needs to, so what needs to die in order to, for something else to come out and grow? And uh, I think a big word that came out of this webinar for me, at least, was trust. And trust has always been difficult. And trust after grief feels impossible. It feels like a big ask. Like, why do I have to trust anything? And bad things happen to people all the time. And they come out of nowhere. There's just, uh, there's so many stories of just loss and sudden loss and all of these things. And I'm supposed to trust after all of that when I didn't even have trust to begin with. But I think that that's like something that that's like a really, that's a big test for me. You know, am I going to build trust after this? You know, it's it's getting there slowly, but uh, I don't know. But I I just really liked the webinar because it, it made me think in a different way. It made me emotional, made me vulnerable. And it brought to light all these questions that we don't really think about when we're you know, living our everyday lives, like how many times do we sit back and like reflect, just reflect on our lives and, you know, our internal patterns and, you know, what things we can let go of, what things could we reach out for? It was just lovely and great. So if you get the opportunity to do any of these Heidi webinars, I recommend it. Uh, I felt like I learned a lot about myself and like asking yourself these questions that feels like enough, you know, like enough, enough to like bring out, you know, what is going on, what you see about yourself, where you want to go, how do you think you're going to get there, all of these things. I, I'm sorry, this is a very weird, heady episode. I just, I'm in a, I'm in a space. And holiday season is upon us because it's October 24th. So next one is Halloween. Like, honestly, I don't care much about Halloween except for the candy. And I feel like I've already eaten a lot of Halloween candy. Um, I do love seeing the little kids with their costumes. Just so adorable. Warms my heart. But with holiday season, I think grief is just highlighted. You know, I have to say, for me, 
I don't associate the holidays too much with um, my mom in that, you know, Christmas wasn't really our thing. And um, I mean, I love Christmas because I'm an American and, you know, uh, not that other people don't around the world love Christmas, but, you know, I, I, I'm a first generation, um, like Indian American here. And part of the assimilation process is like loving fucking Christmas. And yeah, I love Christmas. I do. And I watch all of the holiday movies or movies that I watch every single year. It's really important to me. And I love being able to share the movies that I love with friends. And it's just, it's my season. I love it. And yesterday, like, I know it's October, but like me and my fr- friend Mel watched uh, 12 Dates of Christmas, which is one of my favorites, like, TV holiday movies. And um, and it was great. It's like, I have to watch that every year. So the holidays are very important to me, but it's always like a time of reflection as well. So with the reflection, you can only think about your grief. And Thanksgiving was also one of my favorite holidays, but I have to say it is absolutely tainted now because Thanksgiving, I really last year went all out. It was the first time I did it because we couldn't go anywhere. We didn't want to go to somebody else's house for Thanksgiving. Oh my God, what is happening to my voice? Okay, hopefully I got that frog out of my throat. But I really went all out last Thanksgiving. And I made a turkey. I made mashed potatoes. Um, I I just, I that sounds lame. No, I, I worked so hard on Thanksgiving. And I brined the turkey days before. Like, it was a whole thing all, you know, on my Instagram. Like, it's on there still as, you know, whatever. But I... Thanksgiving is really hard now because it is the only it's the time in my head, the marker of when it was the beginning of the end. I think that Thanksgiving, we probably had already been exposed to COVID, but the symptoms weren't there. So that was the last time that my mom was normal and relatively normal. Like, obviously, we we've discussed that there was, you know, dementia problems happening but that was the last time where I felt like the three of us were together and it was normal. So Thanksgiving is really hard. That's the holiday that's going to be hard. I'm never going to not think about that, like going forward, you know, and I'm sure like I just my heart goes out to anybody who has a loss or, you know, is always thinking about something like that they, you know, a person that they've lost during the holidays or it's just, it's, a, it just, it's obviously a whole other level that I've never had to deal with. And, you know, I'm just getting a taste of it with uh, Thanksgiving. And I think probably the first holidays are the hardest uh, post passing. So yeah, I don't, you know, there isn't really much more to say except that like, I just, if anybody's listening who is also like going through this, I'm I'm like, I'm with you. This is just a really weird episode. I, I don't know what else to say. I am just, I was at peace in the beginning of the episode. And of course, I'm crying now. But you know, as the weeks go on, I'm sure I'm going to be talking about the holidays more. But as simple as you know, with 12 dates of Christmas, which I've seen so many times, and I've made so many people watch. <sighs> In in it, the character Kate, 
Oh, she's so fucking annoying. She's a bitch. Kate is not very likable. I guess she becomes a little bit more likable throughout the movie, but whatever. She's got a lot of learning to do. She lost her mom and her dad remarried and she just is a bitch to the new wife and, you know, and just like, but she says she misses mom. And, you know, that never that I never even cared about that part. You know, I think I forgot that her mom died. I knew that her dad had like a new wife, but it was like not in the realm of what the story was for me. And now like it really like, like came up to the surface. I'm like, oh, right. Kate's mom died. She went crazy because like her mom died. And then whatever boyfriend she was with Jack, uh, she just like was like, oh, we need to get married. We need to get married. We need to get married now. And that's how like that first relationship died and this is obviously this is the fictional story of 12 dates of christmas um but it's just funny it's like now i'm like oh wow like this hits differently i mean as like as duh as that is uh it it was surprising to me i was like oh her mom died but then she was such a bitch about it with her dad like and the stepmom it's like don't you want your dad to just be happy he's obviously happy i would love for my dad to be happy and if that means that he actually does end up being with someone else. Oh, man, that will be interesting. That will be really difficult for me internally. But of course, I'm going to be supportive of it. I just want him to be happy. And I don't want to have to worry about him all the time, which I do and which I will. But, you know, she was she was such she her selfishness really popped out to me this viewing time, because as somebody who is now kind of in this fictional person's shoes, I'm like, how are you such a bitch? Don't you want your dad to be happy? I want my dad to be happy. So 12 Dates of Christmas hits differently now. I'm sure there are going to be other movies where I'm just going to be crying even more than I usually do because they'll hit differently because with the holidays, there's always, I don't know, there's a tinge of sadness always in regular times. So the tinge is going to be tingier. (laughs) this year for me. But yeah, so I mean, we're going to talk about this more as we go on. But you know, I'm more at peace this week. It doesn't seem like it is. But I'm more at peace this week. I'm trying to figure out my test trial and triumph will be in this Scorpio season. And, you know, come on this journey with me as we go through the holidays for the first time after a loss. So I don't know, guys. Thanks for listening. If you did. Um, and for now, I'm just going to say bye.